Thank you for tuning in to Allegory Podcast, hosted by the local book pusher. Um, so before we begin, this is so incredibly, like, freaky um, to be doing this, but I'm so grateful for the people who have already tuned in to our bonus episode, the trailer, um, a very special thank you to our Patreon homies. Um, so special shouts out, shout outs to Paige, Jamal, Don, Deja, Ed, Dante, Tracy, Don, Usha, Emily, and Joshua for being our first Patreon homies and supporting what we do. This podcast is really just a space for me to have conversations, to kind of dig a little bit deeper. Um, if you're familiar with the bookstore and or our book clubs or any of the events that we've ever had then you know how much I value conversation. Um, and so allegory allows me to dig a little bit deeper, always pulling out the stories within the stories. And it allows me to kind of just do what I enjoy doing, <laughs> which is pairing literature and music um, to real life conversations and reflections. So thank you all for tuning in. We are about to get started. And what better way to start off this whole thing than to talk about the thing that I love the most. That's right. This episode, we are centering our conversation, reflection, and observation around love. And so, as you heard, Tina Turner asked the question, what's love got to do with it? Right? And so, hopefully by the end of this, we're either having more conversations or raising more questions and seeking out more answers. So the next clip that you're going to hear is a very powerful, super dope, um, viral conversation, I would say. It's a dialogue between the legendary and iconic Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin as they discuss love for black folks and specifically like as black women and black men, how we're kind of processing this whole thing. But the conversation at large is what are we supposed to do? And is it supposed to be something that's rational? Or is it something we choose to do and we just succumb to? I don't know. Let's figure it out together. Of course you can lie to me. And you will. If you love me and you're going off with Maddie someplace, you're lying to me. Because what the hell do I care about the truth? I care if you're there. Let Billy Holiday say, hush now, don't explain. All right, I accept that. Of course. Of All course right, you lie to me, because I don't even want to care. What, what does the truth matter? And why are you going to be truthful with me when you lie to everybody else? You lied when you smiled at that cracker down the job, right? Lie to me. Smile. Treat me the same way you would treat him. I can't treat you, you the must. way I treat him. You must. Because I've caught, the, I've caught the frowns and the anger. He's happy with you. Of course he doesn't know you're unhappy. You grin at him all day long. You come home and I catch hell because I love you. I get least of you. I get, I get the very minimum. And I'm saying, you know, fake it with me. Is that too much of the black woman to ask of the black man? 
my goodness. My goodness. I I mean, I absolutely would be remiss if I did not kick off this season or this journey with talking about love. Because if you know me, I love love. And I love talking about love, y'all. So wasn't that clip everything? I mean, first of all, it's Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin, of course. Um, if you didn't already guess from the voices, or if you've never heard that dialogue, you got to check it out because it's such a dope conversation. But that clip specifically, that little snippet, that every time I hear it, it just like, it makes me like have to audibly <laughs> agree. Because how profound of a statement that Nikki Giovanni made, this woman was 28 when she said that, y'all. Um, and I'm currently 28. And so it's just ringing true about life experiences and kind of where we are at this moment. So I wanted to start with that for a multitude of reasons. If you tuned in, you already peeped, you already heard um, the episode title, What's Love Got to Do With It? And that was very much on on brand and intentional because today the question is <laughs> what does love really have to do with it if anything and if you know me then you also know how I feel about bell hooks and her arguably maybe most influ influential work which is all about love um where she kind of just dissects all the different domains in which love exists in our lives or should at least exist in our lives as black people, as brown people, as women and men and, you know, mothers, community members, um, teachers, siblings, parents, children, all the above, right? So <sighs> Bell Hooks makes a very impactful um, practice of saying that not only is love this magical thing as it should be, but it is also one of the most challenging things to actually define and practice because we do not refer to the word love as what it truly is, which is an adjective. It's something that we do. It's not a noun. It's not a thing. It is something that we actively practice, right? And so... I thought the Nikki Giovanni quote was so powerful because she is literally asking this question about why not give me your best? And if I am the one that you love, how come I get so little of you? I'm getting the leftover pieces of you because you go out in the world. Um, and specifically, specifically in her quote, she says, because you love me, I get least of you. And then she goes on to ask the question about, is it too much for me to ask, you know, as a black woman to a black man, is it too much for you to treat me the way that you pretend to treat these other people? And so that snippet, her and James Baldwin are specifically kind of talking about lying to your partner or faking it till you make it. Is it vulnerability or... Should you be able to finesse the way that you finesse with other people? 
And so Baldwin is saying, like, you can't fake that. You can't lie to me. And she is saying, but you must, even on your worst days, I deserve good pieces of you, right? So that just, it blows my mind because I feel so, I feel so seen when I hear that. I think about a lot of times where we, and I don't know if misconstrue is the word for it, but it feels like we use love as sometimes a punishment. Because I love you, I'm supposed to be able to pick up the pieces of you or because you love me and you feel like I am a safe space for you. I am sometimes dealing with the repercussions of what other people did to you. And so if you go to work, as Nikki Giovanni says, you smile at this cracker in his face, you smile at this white person at your job, you you go to work and you do what is asked of you with no complaint. So of course they have no idea that there's something really wrong or that you're not happy. But when you get home and you can take that mask and shield off, then I have to walk on the eggshells. I have to pick up the pieces. But that's all because you love me and you want to be honest with me. But I don't get to see the finesse side. I don't get to see the dancing in the rain, but I am just supposed to just take it on the chin and say, that's just what it is and it's okay. And so the more and more I keep thinking about how we practice love and what it looks like as we show up for ourselves and for the ones that we love truly and as a practice, what does it actually look like? And the more and more I reflect on Bell Hook's work. And so All About Love is my fav- one of my favorite books of all time. Like I reread that book every single year. If you've ever been into the book club, then you've probably heard that spill already. Um, and you have probably also bought a copy of All About Love. So kudos to you for doing the work. But I can't help but think like Bell, and ask myself, like, did Bell Hooks kind of set us up? Like, it feels like there's a, a community of women who are doing work to heal and to kind of deprogram. And not to say that there aren't men doing it as well. I think that it might be safe to say that there's not as many men doing it at the same time in which we are currently doing it. And so... Not to say they they won't get there or anything like that, but if there is no one holding men accountable, what really makes, what's going to be the motivating factor for them to actually do the work? And until then, it feels like there's a lot of women who are doing the work. And specifically, I'm talking about women who are, you know, wanting to partner with men or masculine presenting people, masculine identifying people that if they're not actually doing the work to heal, then what are we supposed to do? Do we just wait? (laughs) Do we just settle? And the more and more I think about a lot of anecdotes that Bell Hooks put into the book around her own personal relationships, romantic lives, she talks a lot about a very specific relationship to her that lasted the span of about 15 years. And although this man who 
she would say, you know, was a feminist or had feminist views and supported feminist work in the movement. He also had these very telling moments that was essentially what she was kind of warning and disagreeing with. And so if Bell Hooks, the woman who gave us the language and the words, was also experiencing in her own private life, the the disconnection, the gaps, the... I'm not going to say disingenuous, but if she partnered with someone who exhibited some of the things that she is kind of warning about or saw as red flags or associates with patriarchal misogyny, like why not? Why? (laughs) For 15 years. And I've talked to a lot of people about this and I've asked this question. And yeah, I mean, we're human. She was human, right? So you love who you love, absolutely. But also, what are you doing, sis? (laughs) Is the love that you talk about, is it the exception to the rule or is it supposed to be the standard? Because it feels like at this very moment in time, that is not everyone's lived experience and that's not everyone's relationship to love. And the fact that there's so many people who, if if you would just ponder around and ask, like to define love, first of all, and to ask, have they ever been in love? Yes, no. And how do they define it? I feel like we would get so many different answers and we would find so many misfirings of the of what it looks like the cause and effect being different completely so it's a thought and since I've been talking about bell hooks I thought it would be perfect that we also include a clip so here's a little clip about her defining what love looks like because we don't know what to do you know I remember trying to tell my young love Burr um, at the time who seemed not to comprehend love. I, oh, I, I wrote on a little postcard thing, you know, love is a combination of six ingredients, care, commitment, knowledge, responsibility, respect, and trust. And so if you don't know what you're doing, just pull out that little card and ask yourself, in what way does my action that I'm taking reflect these traits, these characteristics, these these values, if you will. And so that I think, again, the question of love is the question of what to do. Okay, so I know what you're thinking. And yes, bell hooks absolutely sounds like that. Um, <clears throat> but she kind of ran through those six ingredients really quickly. So if you blinked at the wrong moment and missed it, um, She said that the six ingredients were care, commitment, knowledge, respect, responsibility, and trust. And I feel like those are not necessarily like new concepts for a lot of us. Like if you were in school or did freedom school in the last, you know, 10 years or so, then you probably are very familiar with those character counts, posters being plastered everywhere. 
Um, and so a lot of those, hopefully you've already familiarized yourself with, and a lot of those ingredients that the hooks was referring to, you're already actively practicing. So I thought it was really, really important to add that snippet here because first of all, I love the hooks. But no matter where I am in life, there's something in those words, in those pages that are just so like affirming to me. Um, and sometimes it's really hard to kind of hold that mirror up to myself and be honest about where I am in my own journey with love and not just, you know, romantically, but also loving to myself, loving as a daughter, um, as a sister, as a partner, as a aunt, as a friend, um, as a niece, you know, and then maybe one day as a mother. So Bell Hooks has just been such a pivotal piece of my journey into identifying and defining my own practice of love. And so I thought it was interesting because they are Nikki Giovanni's um, thoughts around lying to me and like preserving at least the, the integrity that you care enough about my feelings and how I feel to kind of, I don't know, sometimes fake it till you make it. Give me the best parts of you that you, you know, you give to other people who you don't give two shits about. Um, give me some of that and recognize that sometimes because we love a person and, you know, that's our safe space, that also means that sometimes we are giving them the wrath that we aren't giving other people. We're giving other people the polished best versions of ourselves and we're leaving the pieces behind for the people that we care about to pick up. And so that was a contrast kind of to one of the chapters of All About Love that Bell Hooks speaks about, which is a commitment to truth telling um, in which she speaks on a lot of us <clears throat> as black and brown people specifically, um, I think that we can relate to experiencing parenting that on the surface praises honesty and integrity, um, telling the truth always, right? But in the, the book, the example that she uses is she talks about how kids sometimes are being brought up in this space where the words and the actions aren't necessarily matching up. And so the example she uses, she says, she talks about a lot of kids learn to lie from our parents. Um, and so whether it is as a child not wanting to do something, whether it's hug people or, you know, socialize with family and a no, I don't want to do that may not be applicable or acceptable. And so the the notion is, well, just do it. That's mean, you know, oh, give them a hug. Don't be mean or no, 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 you can't say that. Be nice, right? And so the Hooks' argument is that that is not only programming us to say like only selective honesty is good and praiseworthy, but also being honest is hurtful sometimes and it is bad. And so Bell Hook says there is a commitment to truth-telling, which requires us to be honest radically to ourselves and to the people that we care about around us in all moments and opportunities that we have. Seek honesty, right? And so I guess that's kind of a question that I have. When we 
consider like, what does it look like to be caring? What does it look like to be honest and loving? Should I spare your feelings? Or am I harming, being more harmful by giving you all of the, the truth, you know? I don't know. I am somewhere on the fence of, I wanna practice radical honesty. And maybe what Bell Hooks is saying is, if we are honest in all of the aspects of our lives, then maybe we don't have the carryover from, you know, a shitty day at work, because I have let it be known how I feel about the people that I'm working with or when people have wronged me, I am airing out those grievances. Therefore, it doesn't, it doesn't travel home with me. I don't know. Um, I do also recognize that me personally, I am someone who I wholeheartedly am a Capricorn in Venus, which means I, I'm not going to say thrive because thrive feels like a gracious compliment, but diplomacy is like my jam. I'm conflict averse AF, okay? Um, I like to be been it a lot of times because I'm not in it. But there is this also concept in the back of my mind of if I tell people how I feel, I have to create accountability and space for them to hold how that made them feel. And I can't carry it all because that's not my job. And if I begin to do that, then I begin to try to predict how they'll take anything and everything. And I will start to hold more information back. I will try to dice my words differently. And I think ultimately dilute the ultimate message that I'm trying to send. Therefore, I will be further and further away from getting a resolution. Bell Hooks also mentions how, because of some of our childhood attachments to like conflict, we are often pairing ourselves with people who are passive aggressive and, or we become the passive aggressive partner. And so we become so adept at trying to walk on eggshells that we cannot be honest. And so I really appreciated her six ingredients of like commitment and care, because to me, I think love is a choice absolutely that you make every single day. And I think no matter if it's hard or not, the fact that you decide to show up means that you are committed to that practice. And I think it's easy, especially these days, for us to say, no, I don't want to do it. They made me mad today. I don't like that. It's too hard. And therefore, we can detach and just move on to the next. And we'll continue that cycle because being uncomfortable sometimes maybe is more palatable it's easier for us to like stuff down complacency and being content than being a little uncomfortable and ultimately like in unknown waters if you've talked to me recently um i've been having i've been working on this theory about um what's truly the motivating force for us as humans and is it love or is it fear and i think as good as love is made to sound this magical, fantastical thing 
that we're all kind of chasing, it, it really feels like fear is that real contributing factor. Um, and a lot of the times it's not because I love something, it's because I'm afraid of missing out on this experience or I'm afraid of losing it um, that's motivating me to do the things. And so when I think about love specifically, I don't know if I believe that everyone is aspiring to feel love as much as they are inspired to not be left out um, or afraid of missing out on this thing. And so I don't know. I'd love to hear you all's thoughts um, about what do you think? Are we creatures that are looking for love or are we just not wanting to miss the bus um, and experience FOMO when everyone else is falling in love, whatever that looks like. Um, but I digress. So the last snippet is one of my favorite poems. Um, and it is from Intozaki um, Shange's For Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide, When the Rainbow is Enough, um, which is a Korea poem, which is the first of its kind. But basically it means she wrote a book of poems that was meant to be performed with music and dance um, and song. And so the poem I chose was No Assistance by the Lady in Red. Check it out. Without any assistance or guidance from you, I have loved you assiduously for eight months, two weeks, and a day. I've been stood up four times. I've left seven packages on your doorstep, 40 poems, two plants, and three handmade note cards. I left town so I could send them to you. You have been no help to me on my job. You call me up 3 o'clock in the morning on a weekday so I can drive 27 and a half miles across the bay before I go to work. <laughs> charming, charming. You have been of no assistance. I want you to know this has been an experiment to see how selfish I could be if I could really carry on to snare a possible lover, if I was capable of debasing myself for the love of another, if I could stand not being wanted when I wanted to be wanted and I cannot. So, with no further assistance or guidance from you, I am ending this affair. Okay, the sister was giving me life, okay? So that poem is one of my favorites, like I said, because I think that's kind of the notion of what love kind of looks like for some of us. You know, I think it is, and it can be very selfish. I think some of us get in the business of finding love, trying to, you know, be in love in ways that are not anything less than self-serving. I think some of us are finding and practicing love in a way that is, I'm going to love you into being the perfect person for me. And that's not fair to anybody, you know? And so the lady in red as she so eloquently, <laughs> and in the film um, and in the play, she's like packing this up and she ends it with saying, you know, she had this plant that she had been watering since the time she met this man, right? And so she's packing it all up. She's got this letter written out and she's basically saying like, yeah, and now you can water it your own damn self. You know what I'm saying? Um but she says, like, I tried to see if I could, you know, if I could be okay 
not being wanted when I wanted to be wanted. And I think that was so powerful because when I think about love and whether it's in music or in film or in some of the books that are, you know, in circulation, I think about how how easy we are to write love off. Um and how little we actually value the process that it is a two-way street or a three-way or a four-way, you know, um, if you're not, not, if you're not monogamous, you know what I'm saying? But it is something that is give and take. And that's not, that's not, that's not a bad thing. That's the important expectation. It is a cyclical process. It's reciprocal, you know? And so when she's talking and she's like, yeah, I did all this stuff hoping that you would find love in that. Now, we can also talk about, you know, is this the love language in which they receive love well? But also, you know, this is not that man. This is a man who is not going to be loved into submission. This is not going to be someone who will change just because you are giving them all the things that they need or that you believe that they need, you know? But there is some power in knowing, like, you know what? If it's not you, it's somebody else, and that's okay. But it starts with ourselves, right? So it starts with being able to say, like, I love myself so unapologetically that that is my non-negotiable. And if you can't... I do believe that all interactions with people are disruptions to our life, right? And that's just the way that it goes. And I don't necessarily believe that all disruptions are negative experiences, but I definitely know that we know, (laughs) whether by our, our own lived experiences or by those adjacent to us, that when you are not around the right people, it is a disruption that is a truly problematic and negative experience sometimes it's draining it's a lot of people um and there's no fingers to be pointed because I very well you know could agree in a past life or two that it's too easy to like stay in a bad situation for way too long right and so as she's like packing this up it just feels so empowering because she's saying like I was choosing you over me And I'm not doing that anymore. So again, if you have not checked out into Zaki Shange's work, I promise you, it is, you know, it's a lot of rain throughout the book. It's a short book. There's, it's a collection of poems, but it is truly beautiful because as women, we are so resilient and I'm not going to say the strong word because I do actively try to deprogram out of that notion that, you know, strong is always a compliment because it's not. Um, Sometimes, not even sometimes, I aspire to live a soft life, right? Like I support all black women, brown women trying to live soft lives because we deserve it. But all these women throughout this, this book, this work, they are so resilient. And through all of the things that are thrown at us as black women, as brown women, we somehow often seem to still be able to rise to the occasion and then some. And so 
if no one's told you today, let this be your reminder that you absolutely deserve the grace that you extend to other people. Okay? Doesn't that feel good? <laughs> A little ASMR action. But yeah, that's it. Like, so I guess the question ultimately comes back to what does love have to do with it? Where where do we go from here and how do we get there? Because I absolutely do believe that we are all deserving of love in healthy forms. And we are all deserving of a love that is sustainable, that is fulfilling, and that brings empowerment and is reflective of you in the love that you give yourself. So I hope this was a pleasurable audio experience. Um, and if not, I'll continue to work and work on it. So thank you for taking this ride with me as I've been just kind of pinning some thoughts, exploring some some conversations. <laughs> and hopefully this fosters some com conversation in the future. The work is never done. So I hope that you keep your notebook handy and a pen or a pencil on deck. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, there's always a story within a story. Ask about two more questions. Okay? Bye.